This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on Blockbases.com. That is Blockbases.com. I want to start with you, Manfred. Uh, what is your background? People in crypto and in Cosmos, etc. They come from all walks of life. Uh, some people are very technical, of course. Some people are more financial with an economics background, perhaps. Uh, some people are, you know, graphics background, uh, creative backgrounds. Uh, so what's your story, Manfred? Uh, how did you end up building and working on, uh, on Gnoland? So I'm the kind of engineering uh kind of people. So I've been an open source developer and, and gopher. So people writing Golang since 2011, something. I was an entrepreneur and developer at Bertie. So I created another crypto and P2P project. But actually the fun thing is that Bertie was using cryptography and peer-to-peer, not to create a consensus, but to make sure that we never have a single consensus. Because I believe blockchains are for censorship um, fighting in terms of um, removing all the all the bad moderation all the bad censorship but at bertie the goal was to create networking censorship uh, secure system where the goal was to never rely on the consensus so if at some point uh, one computer is isolated because i don't know we have some uh, bluetooth or, or wi-fi or network um, um, problems locally the goal was to say the network can continue without you. So I was using cryptography and peer-to-peer, so the two main components of a blockchain, to create the opposite of a blockchain, which was the goal to never have a consensus, never have, have a single source of truth. And my goal was to check finally what is a blockchain, because I had the I have all the ingredients, peer-to-peer and cryptography. And the best project I was uh, I found to learn what is a blockchain was a project named Gno. And at the moment, it was claimed to be a Golang blockchain to build Golang contracts. So when you come from my background, it was basically the easiest and easiest and most educational way of learning the the thing I still don't know. I started contributing to Gno. Uh, at the moment, only Jay was working on on Gnoland. Uh, and at some point, uh, he enjoyed my contributions. And at some point, people told me, do you know who, who you are talking with uh, on this project? It's Jay Korn. It's the creator of uh, Proof of Stake and so many good things. <laughs> nice. And uh, finally, it was, uh, yeah, uh, I met Jay on GitHub by contributing, by replying to comments, and then on Telegram and other channels where we were discussing technical things. And at some point, uh, I think he... He gained enough trust on me to to try going to the next level of GNO. So switching from a single project, a single person project to a dual person project to finally say it's time to hire a team. So I 
stopped working on my other projects and hired the current core team, uh, basically following the same approach. So trying to get people writing code on GitHub before considering to hire them. Beautiful. So, yeah, open source developer, cryptography, peer-to-peer, -peer, but I d definitely discovered the financial part with GNU. That's awesome, man. And I love the fact that you were interacting with Jay without even knowing who he was. <laughs> yeah, actually, man. at this period, it was only available on GitHub. And yeah, it was just a, the, comfort, the comfortable way of discussing with him to, to discuss through PRs and issues because it was purely fact-based. And yeah, it's what, it was my zone comfort. It probably is his zone comfort too. It's very liberating sometimes to uh, just, you know, get going on the technical parts without any drama or any Twitter noise or whatever. Uh, I know that's ironic to say when we sit here on Twitter on a space, but uh, yeah, it's liberating at times. Uh, I can only recommend people to start doing something similar. But uh, for anyone who's been living under a rock, perhaps, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Gno and Gnoland, the, the project that you and Jay uh, started uh, banging your heads together on uh, over GitHub. So uh, yeah, let's talk about that uh, for anyone who doesn't know uh, what's Gnoland all about, why they should uh, why they should pay attention, basically. Yeah, so I think there are many reasons to pay attention to Gnoland, uh, and actually they are connected to what I said before, the, the notion of uh, contribution, speaking through PRs and issues. I think, uh, I think Jay... Uh, had an experience working with people who are actually more finance driven and other things we need. But what he was lacking is well, uh, real discussions with pure engineers, only about engineering stuff, which is actually a big, big part of blockchains. So the, he was working alone on GNUVM, the language, GNOLANG, which is a new smart contracting blockchain uh, um, language allowing to write contracts. So it's basically a competitor of Solidity on Ethereum or Cosm Wasm with Rust on other Cosmos blockchains. The language itself I will speak about later is uh, definitely a gem on going to the next level of what could be smart contracts. But basically, at that moment, we only had two components. We had GNOVM developed by J and a fork of Tendermint, which was named Tendermint 2, which was basically a previous version of Tendermint with a lot of cleanup, so a lot of simplification. And what we created together was the ecosystem using these two components. So using a new language and using um, um, a simpler version of Tendermint, we wanted to create a new blockchain where everything is around the, the, around the contribution. So in practice, as usual, we are building reusable components. We are building GNOVM, a GNOLANG language that you can use on other blockchains. We are creating Tendermint 2 that could replace some Tendermint instance on other blockchains or can maybe help other blockchains to start from scratch with Tendermint 2. But we are also creating a blockchain with its own set of uh, expectations and features. The blockchain, Noland, GNO.land, um, will be kind of a hub, but not a hub in terms uh, like uh, Atom to be a hub of IBC or I don't know, Osmosis to be a hub of tokens. It will be a hub of smart contracts around GNOVM and a hub around the contribution. So the first thing we, we, we designed together was to make proof of contribution, an alternative to proof of stake, where we replace the staking of money by contribution. 
So we have something similar. We have a scoring system, but we consider this scoring system is, from what we believe, more resistant to 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 cartels and other uh, risks that usually come uh, with financial driven projects over time. Not all of them, but it's something that is relatively common in in our opinion. And we replace this by something which is very slow to gain, which is a contribution score. So the more you participate, the more you have voting power and the more you have rewards. So we just build reusable open source code for people to build their own blockchains using our language, using just Dynamite 2 or, or everything together. And we are building a blockchain, a hub that will allow new uh, GNUVM blockchains to, to get started and to be secured with uh, with a custom version of ICS connected with IBC. Um, and we are creating a proof of contribution mechanism that secure the chain, but that can also secure other chains through ICS and other mechanisms. What we propose is a blockchain on its own, but we are also proposing another, in parallel, another governance made by engineers. So mostly about the GNU ecosystem, but where we believe some people could could want to to yeah, to be secured by or to to ask a question to this ecosystem of builders. Most of the time, you definitely want to ask your community of users about what they believe should be done on your chain. But if you know, and when I say you, maybe it could be Ethereum. If if people know that there is a DAO, which is um, mathematically uh, proven to be very decentralized, uh, very secured by expert people that are here for years, that, are, that, that definitely have uh, better to gain to stay there than to just try to have short-term short money. Maybe just the DAO itself, the DAO of contributors, could be something that people want to rely on. So we are creating a blockchain. People will be able to write contracts. Here we are definitely kind of a Juno or even a GitHub on Web2. We're proposing a, a platform so people can build code. And um, on the side, we are also creating the proof of contribution which secures the chain and powered by a DAO that I expect will go beyond just uh, governing the GNU blockchain, but more about governing the GNU ecosystem, or at least giving their opinion as a set of trusted developers. So the goal is to yeah, try to, have, to add a new layer in, in Web3 where we can trust, as we were trusting the financial model thanks to proof of stake, we can trust another measure of your involvement, um, which is a contribution. And I think they will work together. We will need Angnolan to have users and to, to give them some, some decisions that are about citizenship. And on the other side, Angnolan will be on all the high level uh, decisions, but maybe other blockchains will want to rely on a, on a DAO of developers to take decisions. Um, yeah. And about GNOVM, maybe I should just give uh, some, some details. Just GNOVM, so the language we are creating is based on the Golang pro uh, programming language. So a very famous one that actually power most of the Cosmos chains, but not only. It's a very, very well known uh, programming language used by so many developers in Web2, powering a lot of Web3, including maybe one third of Ethereum, etc. And we are making a different VM of the same language. So language looks the same for people, but the VM is made for blockchain. It's fully uh, determinist. Um, 
it allows to 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 run so yeah secure code easily to preserve the type safety and one thing that i actually believe will make, will make a huge difference in the future is how much you can uh, connect the contracts right now if you look at any blockchain smart contracting blockchain can be ethereum or juno or whatever you have a collection of independent apps those apps can be connected together by calling each other like through an api what we try to do with GNOW is to create an an internet not of blockchain but an internet of contracts where um, you can in, interact between contracts by preserving the type safety by uh, by making it super cheap, super, super, super cheap to rely on other contracts. So at the end, um, it's not about creating a lot of monolith, but instead to create a, an ecosystem of micro contracts connected uh, between each other. One could be about the user management, another about uh, the, your network of friends, another about uh, your reputation, another could be a forum, another could be a DAO system. And we want to abstract everything. So we really believe that language is not just about making an alternative programming language, but that it's about um, going to the next level of intercontract, where right now the other programming languages are, in my opinion, uh, very good at creating good monolith, allowing some col some collaboration, but not yet about uh, compose composing contract together, reuse some part of the contract. And this, this simple difference will make will be huge in the future, but uh, I prefer to speak about the future later. Yeah, let's do that. But uh, beautiful. That's uh, That was quite a mouthful of Manfred, but a uh, very, very good overview. I think um, something that a lot of people is, uh, is, is discussing and debating these days is, um, is, is pretty much how uh, Ethereum, for example, and Cosmos, they started out very different, right? You know, different consensus mechanisms, now, of course, Ethereum after the merge is uh, running a proof of stake. Um, Cosmos got that right uh, from the beginning. <laughs> um, Cosmos started out with the ad chain thesis. Now Ethereum is starting to deploy all these layer two networks. Uh, Ethereum doesn't really have uh, IBC and a powerful sort of uh, intercommunication protocol uh, like IBC, but uh, they have bridges, uh, which you could argue <laughs> Perhaps it's not as good, but at least they talk a little bit with each other, the layer twos and, the, and mainnet. So it, it's fun to see how, for example, Ethereum and Cosmos started very, very different from each other and starting to merge and, and move move closer and closer. And what I would like to ask you, actually, is uh, because a, a lot of people, they know Ethereum, they know Cosmos, of course, uh, when they follow Cosmos Club. How does GNOLAND and GNO sort of sit in between or, or how, do, how do they map up to uh, the current state of uh, of Cosmos technology and, and Ethereum technology, because I think that's going to help people grasp uh, all these different concepts that you just uh, ran through. Yeah, uh, I personally am not sure it's shared with everyone in the team. Maybe I'm not sure Jay is agree with me, but I think our main competitor is Ethereum. Gnome is definitely a competitor of Ethereum, uh, not on the same. Uh, goal, etc. But uh, sorry, on, on the same goal actually, on the goal to solve uh, the scalable smart contracts. We need to solve scalable smart contracts. We need to make uh, smart contracts an infrastructure that can be used for everything. Actually, not only DeFi, not only a small amount of people. It's not. It's not even just about having um, the same throughput as a, as Mastercard or Visa for DeFi payments. We need to scale smart contracts so any application that need to be decentralized. 
can be running on blockchains. Um, here, Ethereum is, is making a big, a big blockchain and layers around. It's one strategy. I think it definitely needs to continue. And I'm not, I'm not in the future, but I believe Ethereum will be here for a long time. Um, the other approach that comes from the original Cosmos DNA was to say how to solve uh, Web3 scalability is with multiple blockchains and uh, developing, so IBC, so developing inter-blockchain protocols. On this part, GNO is definitely aligned with the original Cosmos vision, where we want several blockchains, we want, we want specialized blockchains, we want some of them to be more hubs with responsibility to stay simple and to allow other blockchains to run um, with less risk. So we want security-oriented hubs. We want um, we want reward-oriented blockchains. Gnoland, for instance, as a hub, will allow people to write good code on Gnoland and expect to receive rewards when their code is running on other chains. By doing this, it's about so. The S in ICS is about security. We all be, we all think about the staking part of ICS. I definitely consider ICS to be way bigger than just staking. For me, ICS is about sharing security and security of having trusted contracts is a kind of security. As soon as you allow uh, being rewarded for your contract you, you wrote on Gnoland uh, when streaming on another chain, as soon as you uh, expect your contract, which is already reviewed by an auditor company, and I don't know, have so um, uh, such uh, such good statistics in terms of reputation, it's it's also about security to allow any user chains to to get that contract. So I think our role, our vision on GNO is basically to continue the, in the initial vision of Cosmos to have several chains, specialized one. Some that are more hubs on specific features can be the language hub, the rewards hub, the coin hub, the the valid the staking uh, validator hub or whatever. And then our role is definitely to 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 try going forward. We created a language allowing composability between contracts. Definitely, our goal is to to have similar IBC features. We don't want IBC to uh, allow just sending some coins between between chains or to just some 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 basic message or maybe to to have a queue of inter-blockchain events between contracts. We want to make it transparent for a developer writing a contract on the chain A to uh, call another blockchain, preserving all the security, all the type safety, all the all the execution, all the trust. So what IBC made, which is my, which is in my opinion better than an, an, an Ethereum bridge to connect two blockchains. We want to go to the next level of trust. So when I say trust, it's about explicit trust that as a developer, as a user, you are secured by IBC. IBC is not just a, a way to, to, to communicate between two blockchains. It's, a, it's something you can trust as a user. And it's a promise that as a developer, when you develop something, you can sleep well because the blockchain is secure, IBC is secure. You don't, you don't make something this year and expect that in 10 years it can, it can break. And this long-term uh, trust, long-term security, is in my, is in my opinion something that comes with such models where you have multiple blockchains, when you have strong protocols, and where you can specialize. It could be a way to make a single big blockchain, but it's a lot of constraints. You need to update slowly. You need to take good decisions that that uh, that address everyone. With 
our model, we can fail. We can fail GNOME, we can fail, I don't know, a second chain. If we fail, we learn, we, we, we start a new one, and we expect some hubs to always be there to, to allow us to, to keep something that will always be there. So we need minimalist hubs, whatever the kind of hub it is, and then we need to run multiple blockchains and try and improve and iterate and also scale uh, horizontally. Scaling horizontally is when you make when you do some sharding. So when, for instance, you want 10 GNOME blockchains so they can have a, a, a small amount of validators on standard computers, you don't need to buy the, be the best computers in the world. You just need to have multiple clusters. Each can be responsible for, I don't know, a set of contracts. And at the end, if you do this, you have a way to scale uh, infinitely. You have a way to scale to uh, 8 billion users using blockchains every day without noticing because their bank is connected to a blockchain because their mobile app is doing blockchain transactions without uh, without knowing. So we are definitely in that direction. And Ethereum, in our, in our opinion, will have a link with GNO at some point in the future, but not um, not just a bridge. The thing we want to do with GNO is as soon as we solve the next level of IBC between two GNO chains, we want to propose a way to transport any advanced structure from GNO to any other language. Developers are aware of something named Protobuf in the Web2 ecosystem. Protobuf was created, I think, by Google to allow language A to speak with language B. So Python programs can speak with Golang programs. We believe we can make something similar where uh, if you are between two GNU chains, you just have native um, advanced IBC. But if you are between GNU and Cosmosm or GNU and Ethereum, then you could you could use what we expect to develop as to become new standards to make uh, rich uh, inter-blockchain contract interactions. So maybe one day we will be connected if uh, Ethereum or maybe someone isolated add support for our new standard on Ethereum. I don't know exactly how. Actually, I think IBC could be enabled on, on Ethereum in some ways, but... Uh, this part I don't know, but what I can say is, yeah, definitely Cosmos origin believers and builders, uh, but also trying to create standards that can be adopted by non-Cosmos chains too. Amen. Amen to that. And yeah, there are teams to, uh, working hard on uh, bringing IBC to all kinds of ecosystems, including Ethereum. The biggest one, I think, is, uh, is Composable Finance, uh, doing a lot of work there. <laughs> that uh, managed to make uh, IBC uh, possible or moving assets uh, via IBC uh, between Cosmos and Polkadot some time back. And now they are addressing uh, the Ethereum ecosystem, the big one, of course. Let's talk about the organizational structure and, and governance, perhaps, uh, for GNO and GNOLAND. Because I know you have uh, a few uh, entities here. You have GovDAO, you have WalksDAO, and EvaluationDAO. Can you talk to us about that a bit? Because I'm sure there's some developers out there who's also listening. Um, so uh, they might be interested also in, uh, you know, how do you, for example, uh, operate the the governance and organizational structure? Because it's a very developer-driven uh, culture right now. So uh, let's cater a little bit for those. So uh, let's do it. But just, I don't think it's only for developers. I really, uh, I'm really looking for people who maybe, I don't know, um, uh, philosopher or, or constitution writers or just have good experience with DAO 
we definitely need a lot of developers, but especially on the network of DAOs, we have room for 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 help from non-developers. Uh, to give you a big picture, we have GovDAO. GovDAO is the DAO uh, owning Gnoland. It owns the chain. It takes all the decisions. It's definitely a governance-oriented DAO. This one is, uh, so it will be on the genesis, uh, and it will basically decide everything. It will decide who are the validators, uh, who to promote inside. So it's a DAO that starts relatively small with the initial set of good contributors. So the core team, but also uh, people making good contributions on GitHub. And this GovDAO has uh, two roles. One, to scale, so to basically dilute its, uh, its individual's power to have more individuals and and be more decentralized. And the second role is to uh, decide all the things about the chain. So well, in proof of stake, you expect uh, uh, people with high voting power, so the people investing more money to, to choose what should be the, the, the direction of the chain, which is very good. And actually, this one is about asking expert people who invested time and energy, understanding how it works internally. So. It's simple, but we believe the, the two make sense, but this one could be more about long-term, uh, being long-term and security. That's, that's the bet we are doing. GovDAO, a DAO of contributors where you can have dynamic voting power. So we'll start with with, uh, with tiered memberships, meaning that some people will, will have a high tier, some newcomers, some new developers will start with a low tier, and the more contributions they will do, the, the more they will be promoted. And at some point, uh, this GovDAO, I expect after a few months or years, will be super decentralized because um, maybe we'll make KYC, I don't know, but what I can say is that it's super simple if you have money to create 1 million sub accounts. So the civil, uh, the civil problem you can have on, on proof of stake, it will be very harder to do with contribution. The contribution is super is super slow. Uh, you can try to have two accounts, maybe three over over so many years. In practice, it's uh, since the contribution is manually reviewed, it's slow, and uh, your be your best bet is potentially not to have three accounts who are junior, but to have a senior account. You can have more rewards like this. We can expect to have both uh, voting power oriented decisions, but also uh, per head. So one vote per, per, per people decisions. So GovDAO in practice is, uh, he has a governance module of, uh, of Cosmos, but uh, with, an, with a different voting power and different um, decision mechanism, different discussions. GovDAO needs to elect people, needs to choose who can enter the, the DAO, needs also to promote people so they have more power, needs to demote people, needs maybe to fire some people. GovDAO won't, uh, won't um, vote for people uh, just, by, just by the feeling. GovDAO will rely on another DAO to, um, to try to have a score, and this score will be managed by the WorksDAO and Evaluation DAO. WorksDAO works is WRX. It's actually the, the score system uh, that, you, that we imagine that can reflect your involvement. The more work you do, the more works point you will earn. The more works points you earn, the more your portfolio will obviously say that you need to be promoted. So GovDAO uh, mandate WorksDAO. So potentially I will be member of GovDAO and WorksDAO. In practice, you can be just one, etc. 
but um, yeah, it's it's a multi DAO system where people can be in multiple DAOs. But the Gov DAO is what will give you your rewards, what will allow you to vote for important stuff happening on Gnodeplan chain. GovDAO looks at your portfolio or, or on WorksDAO. The important thing, I think you are aware with Atom One Hub, we, we love the notion of forks. We love the notion of being able to fail. We love the notion of being able to compete, uh, to try to be always better. WorksDAO is actually WorksDAO V1. WorksDAO V1 is the first one trying to design a system so it you, you can consider works though to be like a nature a nature system where we hire people we give kind of salaries and we try to 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 promote people so it's really something super human centric where managers can try to uh, hire people can try to to help people grow and earn points works give a portfolio GovDAO, uh, so humans at GovDAO will review works portfolio and decide to promote people, demote them, or whatever. If at some point WorksDAO fails, or if someone has a better idea to, to, to measure the involvement, the expertise of people, we can definitely allocate a budget to have WorksDAO 2. At some point, we can work with the two DAOs at the same time and decide at some point to, uh, to close one of them. So WorksDAO is a, is a DAO receiving yearly budget with a mission to uh, to try to to define what is a good contribution in the in, in this contributors DAO, then GovDAO, um, yeah, look at the look at the dashboard, promote people, and decide basically two things: should we still continue to work with this world DAO or with another one? In practice, maybe in ten years, GovDAO will have defined a different way of measuring the contribution, the involvement. Right now, this is uh, this is our first version. The first version we have in mind is WorksDAO, which relies on evaluation DAO. Evaluation DAO is a, is, a, is a basically a way to um, to ask people to review contributions. So instead of trying to to I don't know use use AI or other mechanism to measure the effort, we prefer to rely on humans. So humans at evaluation DAO will be paid to evaluate, will be paid to just look at contributions mostly code contributions, where WorksDAO can definitely go uh, beyond the code. WorksDAO can have a sub-DAO named, uh, I don't know, uh, Marketing DAO. Marketing DAO, you don't measure les, the, the pull request, you don't measure the code, but you can measure, I don't know, the, the budget involved in, in a marketing campaign or the result of a marketing campaign. So WorksDAO is a contributor's DAO trying to, to set a scoring system that will replace the staking voting power uh, at the end, but to to make sure that we can fail, that we can iterate, that we can improve, we want GovDAO to first, uh, uh, yeah, mandate an experimental WorksDAO with the goal to yeah to give a full try and eventually to continue or switch to another one. And evaluation DAO is it's it's a uh, it's well known right now because we have a dedicated bounty during uh, on our Game of Friends competition. Evaluation DAO is oh we can make uh, a DAO that has for mission to scale itself so it's not only a technical thing it's also some tokenomics challenges on how to make people uh, trying to dilute themselves for the good which is always a problem with uh, with DAO scalability or to make a system where your goal is to evaluate contributions to give points and dilute yourself so that at the end uh, you stay high contributors but you expect more people to help you evaluation DAO 
is, in our opinion, a solution to have something so simple that it becomes easy, like proof of stake, to punish bad behavior, to incentivize good behaviors, just in the evaluation. And then once again, version DAO is a part of work DAO, uh, where we will have also yeah, marketing DAO, growth DAO, uh, grants DAO. Maybe we'll have one day a Twitter and Discord DAO. Maybe you can earn points by just making podcasts, and we will uh, give a budget to uh, to a Twitter podcast DAO. I don't know. Uh, we definitely okay. believe that it's going to be a single that. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it will make Sorry, sense actually. Yeah. The goal, the goal is to define uh, something around the contribution. So the code is probably the easiest piece to fix and the one we need the most. But the goal is to, yeah, Gnon is built with fairness in mind. And fairness is about any contribution. Any contribution You contribute, you should receive rewards. And the more you contribute and the more dedicated you are and the more knowledgeable we believe you are, the more you should also have voting power over time. At the end, if we succeed, if we succeed, GovDAO won't be something giving dynamic rewards, but potentially fixed salaries plus bonuses. So it can definitely become like an, like an HR system uh, giving salaries. I don't know if we will manage to do it, but that's definitely one of the one uh, one of the goals to make a system that you can say my job is to is to try to have an ecosystem being secured, and on the side I can try to build on this ecosystem that I am a member of, and we believe a lot in this approach because it's the approach used by so many people that built actually things like internet. Internet with ARPANET, etc., was built mostly in universities, and people were paid to be searchers to build uh, internet and other stuff that we are using every day. And on the side, they were able to use this, this, world, uh, this world public common invention to build their startup and, uh, and become rich on the side. So our real goal with Nolan is to fix fairness and also to create a model where you want the chain to be there for years. Even if you still want to become a short-term millionaire, it's okay, you can have this, uh, this, this expectation. Uh, we still want that the part about managing GNO should be very long-term and slow and secure and about building opportunities. It, it, it's yeah. actually relatively common. What we're building on chain is very similar to the real world. If you look at the real world, uh, not everyone is an, inv an investor losing everything or, or, or winning everything. We have a lot of collaborations that looks like just a, uh, yeah, cooperative or just salary or being a freelancer. And all those things make sense in, in, uh, in the works DAO system we are trying to build. We try to build all the things about promotion, about uh, having managers, so being paid at, at just helping your teammates. All this concept does not make sense if you just believe about, uh, if you just try to fix the, the contribution itself. But in practice, we need we need people who will just make accounting, who will just, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, make moderation on Twitter and Discord. So our goal is to make something that can manage all those cases. Yeah, I mean, sign us up, but uh, I can definitely confirm that the focus on contribution has been embedded in GNO and GNOLAND since the beginning. We were chatting in the beginning here of the space, uh, how uh, we met one and a half year ago. And uh, one of the things that, I, that still sticks with me is the, the debate, uh, which was very much evolving around how to do contributions, of course, how to measure them, how to be fair, all these things, which is not a technical discussion. Of course, there's a lot of technicalities to work through, but the focus on contribution is, is a core piece, I think, which is... Uh, very aspiring, really. Uh, I haven't seen that level of focus on contribution 
in other ecosystems. So, um, so that's definitely something that stuck with me. I remember when I left uh, that meetup uh, when we first met uh, Manfred. Yeah. And speaking of uh, contributions, let's uh, let's talk about those that are contributing uh, contributing now and building, uh, if we can call it that, the Gno uh, Gno land, the Gno uh, uh, ecosystem. We have Gno uh, Swap, uh, which we actually spoke to uh, in the past, and we might have a space with them uh, in the near future. Uh, Gno Scan, Gno Native Kit. Uh, there's a bunch of people uh, who's building a lot of different things. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder, Manfred. So, uh, but the territory also is a known chain in in Cosmos um, that some people might know about doing interesting stuff uh, with with you guys also. So yeah, talk about the ecosystem and uh, the people building already uh, with Gnoland. So yeah, I think the two first one, GnoSwap and GnoScan. Uh, one important thing to notice is that they are built by Unblock, which was created actually when I started working on Gno uh, full-time. So they were very OGs, super early, dedicated to Gno. GnoSwap, GnoScan, Unblock. Basically, you have a company investing their money, believing in, in Jay's vision uh, at the beginning. And they are building to, uh, GnoSwap, which will be a DEX, um, a DEX on Gno, probably the first one, maybe the best one. Uh, they will create their token, they will create their, 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 their tokenomics. They are interested to, to also go to the, on IBC and not only be limited to, to Gno for sure. Uh, Gnoscan created an indexer that we are using in the core team every day. Uh, and I think we'll have so many new indexers over time. So they basically open the door of indexers. Uh, actually, they're also behind Adena that you forgot, but Adena is a Gno-specific wallet. So our goal at Gno is to have, um, to be co compatible with, uh, I don't know, uh, Cosmos Station and other Cosmos blockchains. Actually, we are compatible with Tendermint. So it should be not, it should not be hard to add support on existing wallets, but we also have Adena, which is dedicated to Gno. So it will be, it will go deeper in the support of smart contracts. It won't limit to only uh, transfer tokens. And yeah, Unblock is dedicated. So right now they are helping us a lot in what happened in, uh, in Asia, especially around, around, uh, around South Korea. And they help us by uh, working with local, with local engineers. They help us when we have meetings there, et cetera. So the ecosystem is both an ecosystem of product, but also an ecosystem of teams we want to work with. Proof of contribution, GovDAO, et cetera, will, will be made of individuals. We will have a partnership with Unblock. Actually, I think we already have the partnership with Unblock. In practice, what, uh, what makes more sense for us is to have this partnership for many good reasons, marketing, organization, etc. But to also try to have uh, as many individuals in Unblock to be part of the of the GovDAO, of the contributors DAO. If you remember um, all the decisions we had on Cosmos, all the governance votes, uh, sometimes you have something, yeah, not creepy, but a decision which is, which is hard to take and validators sometimes will have a, a very, a very good feeling of what they need to do. And sometimes they will say, we discussed internally and we took the decision to not, to, to not take any risk. And I think it's completely normal for a company to, 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 to take, to take no risk. What I expect by working with a company like Unblock with a partner, but also about asking not the company 
what the company wants to do. But to ask directly, maybe the CEO, is, if he is a contributor, but also developer A, developer B, developer C, uh, their opinion is that you can have people who definitely work uh, not anonymously, they work directly. I think they can still be loyal to the company while remembering their, their responsibility of, of giving their opinion for the good of the GNOME ecosystem. So here Unblock is, is a company creating three products dedicated to GNO and full of individuals that will probably be all uh, part of the of the GovDAO. So potentially we'll have, we'll have, I don't know, 10 experts um, that, that loves GNO, that trusts GNO, that understands GNO, who will be able to take decisions. Bertie is the second company where we try to do the same. So right now there are there are four engineers, and the goal for Bertie is to is to become like Unblock, a, a standalone uh, organization with its own projects um, and full of individual contributors that can uh, give an opinion and earn salaries and earn rewards by just being good contributors regularly. So we want to have this uh, dual system where we have the partnership with the company and where we also speak directly with, uh, with the contributors. Bertie uh, used to work on GNOME Kit, which allows building mobile app, desktop app, and other applications, uh, so rich applications. And now they are working on another topic about social coordination, social, social contracts, because where we believe GNO can shine is not about DeFi. We can do DeFi as any other blockchains, but we really believe that our strong language can make social apps really easy to write. One of the first examples we developed was a full board system, like a forum with replies, replies of replies, comments, and so many things that are very hard to do uh, on Solidity, for instance. So GNOME Kit will allow writing native apps. And if you have a good native apps and a strong contract system, maybe you have all the, all you needed to create, I don't know, a Twitter clone or, or Reddit competitor, so, or maybe Wikipedia. So applications that web two people are using and that replies to their question, is blockchain useful outside of DeFi? Yes, it can be. Uh, then we have so Territory who is working on integrating GNO on their uh, interchain DAP because the territory is integrating Ethereum, Cosmos, uh, and other blockchains. And their goal was to add GNO as a, as, a, as a new driver. And they developed features that they need for themselves, but in, a, in an open source way, in a public good way, where, for instance, they develop a moderation DAO, so a system to make moderation without doing censorship, which is super tricky to develop. They, they made this, this, this module, the moderation DAO module, so that so they can use it on territory and any users of GNO can use it uh, for their things. So maybe the governance system of GNO will use territories moderation DAO module. And then we have uh, individual contributors. So one of them is Flipando, uh, sorry, uh, Dragosh, who work on Flipando. Dragosh was a uh, hackathon uh, winner on other ecosystems. He, he, went, he won uh, the, one of the Ethereum competition by creating Flipando. So it's a gaming application, like a memory tile matching, creating NFTs, etc. And uh, he ported his, uh, his famous Ethereum app on GNU. So we have two things. We have an application, a new application that we want to show. And actually, we are looking for, uh, for several new grantees to build apps on GNU. But the good thing with, uh, with Flipando is we have an application and we have a side-by-side -side comparison. We can, we can definitely look or the same app can be built on Ethereum and then on GNU. 
And right now, that's basically where we want to spend our marketing slash growth money is to is to is to sponsor people by by giving them some grants so they can build applications that will be useful for us to test the language and for the community to to have examples of what can be done on GNU and if possible with a comparison uh, system to know how much it's harder or easier to do this app on Web to Go versus Web three GNU or Web three Solidity versus GNU uh, Web three Solidity. So yeah, we are we work with organization grantees and with individual grantees, either on infrastructure needs or on demo demonstration applications. So if people want to build, I don't know, gaming, uh, DeFi, social, um, yeah, basically these three main categories, they can try to, uh, they can look on GitHub. We have a repository for, for grant submissions and they can try to propose a grant. Perfect. That's a good segue to uh, to the next question I wanted to ask because for anyone who's been listening for now almost 40, 45 minutes, they are the chances are that they are quite interested in getting involved uh, one way or another. So how do people get involved? There's uh, multiple different grant pro grants programs you just uh, alluded to. Uh, there's the Tingera program, Game of Realms also you mentioned briefly. So yeah, how do people get involved? Let's uh, Let's talk about that. So right now, I think it's relatively hard to get started. So people who want to give a try should just be a little bit more patient and experienced, especially in Go. In practice, uh, if people have any expertise, we would love to work with them. So um, if if someone has a strong, uh, strong expertise and just have some issues with, I don't know, the current state of GNU or whatever, they should try opening grants so we can discuss and try to, to unlock them. Uh, right now, we are focused on finishing the part of the project so that uh, more uh, more beginner people can be more autonomous. Right now, we can have beginner people that we onboard manually, and we can have expert people who get onboarded automatically. The goal is to have beginner people to be able to get onboarded automatically. And by doing this, we can scale the contribution, and we can open the doors to the next level of Bounties uh, through Game of Realms or other systems. The goal of Game of Friends is to create the initial set of contributors. So it's definitely to have contributions because we need contributions, but it's, the main, main goal is not the contribution itself. It's, it's to create a, a circle of people we enjoy working with at any level. It can be someone making very small contributions, but very frequently. It can be someone making a single contribution per year, but awesome. It could be someone just very good at organizing or writing a book or I don't know, Whatever the thing is, the, the the DAO needs to say, oh, definitely we want to work with them, with that, with that person. We want to dilute ourselves, like in a cooperative. The goal is um, for people to check out the repo, to check out the documentation. Right now, we just released something awesome, which is GNO Playground. GNO Playground was was developed by Ilker. I think yeah, Ilker is in the conversation. Uh, Ilker in the, Ilker and his team just de developed uh, GNO Playground, which is a way to get started with GNO from the browser. You don't have anything to install. You can uh, browse existing examples. You can give a try. Maybe it will be your daily tool if you want to continue working with that ID. In practice, maybe it will just be the way to get started. But definitely, the easiest way to get started with GNO is to read documentation and give a try on GNO Playground. Uh, as a sorry, it's the best way as a as a contract writer. If you want to participate without being a contract writer, you can try as many other 
open source project to look at the issues on GitHub and try to participate. So once again, for developers. And I think the best way for non-developers people to join us and help us is to wait January, where we will start to make new uh, public meetings with the goal to discuss uh, governance topics, um, evaluation DAO topics. And here the goal will be to, to discuss and co-build mostly with, uh, with whiteboards, not with code yet. So by joining us on January, by participating on issues, even once again, not as a developer, just as someone, I don't know who, who knows the ecosystem and links uh, best practices, etc. they can already help us. And I, sh I think probably in yeah, end of Q1, I don't know exactly, maybe it will be before, it will be, maybe it will be after, but end of Q1, I expect that we have a level of GNO where anyone coming from Web2 or Solidity can get started uh, super easily. And here, definitely, the goal will be to try to scale the, not the quality of contribution, but the, the quantity um, to build the bigger DAO uh, behind GovDAO. The goal for people, or actually, it would be my own goal if I were uh, if I were them, is to try to be in the genesis with a top with a top uh, contribution level. By being in the genesis with a top contribution level, you have high voting power, you have high rewards, etc. It's definitely the good moment when no one is building, where the competition is low, to to try to build libraries, DApps, um, to become I don't know a DAO architect without code. Um, and yeah, when we will scale, we also need other things like uh, social network moderators. Uh, I don't know social social network support system. Our goal is to just try to create one tokenomics per main goal that an organization needs. And to let people decide uh, where they want to give uh, to give to give some help to potentially uh, become a member and then uh, get paid to do their good job, and potentially even to lead some ecosystems. We bootstrap an, a, a network of DAOs with the DAOs we have in mind to build an ecosystem. Uh, in practice, my goal is not to, to 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 decide what should the support DAO do. My my goal is to give a yearly budget to the support DAO. So that the support DAO, the support experts will decide what to do. And that, that's our goal. Our goal is to design the system itself, but then to rely on expert people. At some point, we need expert, maybe journalists, or, or yeah, people just, I don't know, to moderators of the moderators of the validators, moderators of the truth, moderators of the boards. So it's too early to say a single need, but I can just say we are creating an ecosystem like a, soci a society of uh, contributors uh, and, uh, and an ecosystem of apps to to yeah to just work together. I think the best parallel we can do is with a, with a big company such as Google, but just fully decentralized and transparent. If you look at Google, they have all the rules. Uh, they have uh, thousands of engineers. They have a lot of money. Uh, they have financial people. They have support people. They have so many roles. And at the end, we'll probably have something similar, uh, but fully decentralized with a fair and a transparent system. So yeah, to get started, no playground for developers, documentation, read the issues and participate in the in the public meetings we will do from January, where we will try from January to have non-developers helping us. Uh, and then just follow our announcement on social networks because at some point we will say, hey guys, no, it's definitely uh, available to anyone, including non-Web3 people. Uh, just uh, click on this thing to get started.
Beautiful. And we'll make sure on our end to uh, amplify whenever you have or the invitation is being extended to uh, to people to come in the in January. So, um, so yeah. we'll keep an eye out for that, that's for sure. I know you have a, you're a busy man, Manfred, so I want to be respectful to your time. But I also want to ask you about something that I know a lot of people want to hear about, and that's the roadmap. Uh, what's to come, basically, because you guys have been building for uh, not a long time, but uh, for some time. Um, one and a half year, at least, is the first time I heard about uh, Knowland and Kno. Uh, so people are eager, uh, of course, also with the people involved in the project, yourself, Jay, etc. So people are quite, uh, maybe not ecstatic, but they are excited to uh, to to uh, to see mainnet, to see testnet, to 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 have a uh, have Knowland go live. So how does the roadmap look like, basically? Uh, what can you tell us about the at least short term roadmap uh, was to come in the in the next year from Gno and Knowland? Next year, you will have a testnet, uh, which will be probably the final testnet, and it will be a special one because. It won't be mainnet enough to actually guarantee uh, all the guarantees of a, of a mainnet blockchain. So we'll probably disable most of the of the DeFi features and such as the sending tokens. I'm not even sure right now, but we want to make a testnet for people to get started building and interacting with contracts. So potentially, what we will do is to try um, supporting testnet contracts so that they can be migrated on mainnet meaning that it's not yet a blockchain for mass adoption, but it's already a blockchain to to build, to interact, to maybe to create macro economies in, 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 in the smart contract themselves. But basically, we will be more an infrastructure of contracts more than the final blockchain that is here to be fully decentralized. So I, I don't have the details on how it will look like, but we'll probably launch something like this with a, with a goal to actually make the airdrop. So 600,000 uh, Cosmos citizens, uh, to have uh, probably some faucets dedicated for developers, so people that were not cosmonauts at the, at the time of the airdrop will uh, be able to get started writing contracts. Uh, it will be the moment when we will definitely want to 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 put more money and energy on creating partnerships, so hackathon, uh, grants, etc. So it will become for me for for me it will be the mindset in terms of this is the moment where I will have everyone. Um, building on the on uh, on uh, on Gno and creating new stuff and actually also get, gaining points by being uh, by being contributors. But for yeah, we have a big disclaimer during this testnet. It's just a testnet, guys. Uh, don't put your your real money on it, etc. To be honest, I'm not the legal guy, so I will rely on legal people to help me make something good here. Then same year, you have the mainnet which will be uh, this time something you can trust decentralized you can uh, you can put money on it and uh, then a few time after we will have ibc the reason of having ibc after the mainnet is just to make sure that uh, we we keep the flexibility of building during this test net uh, this is this very good i don't know we need to find a name to say the test net which is like a mainnet but not yet so during this special test net phase we want to build, we want to improve the chain, we want to improve the performance uh, with less constraints that, than if we were uh, using ABC. And then we need to take care. When you are using ABC, you just cannot make whatever you want. And we like the, the flexibility of being able to say, oh shit, we made a huge mistake. Sorry guys, but we need to, we need to, 
to replace some blocks. The goal is definitely not to make it often, but we don't want to engage with IBC if we if we if we need to make such things. So the mainnet will be the day where we are officially mainnet and where we promise we will never play blocks anymore. So this is the moment where you should start building uh, DeFi and using tokens and connecting with uh, with uh, with DEXs and or whatever actually. But this is this is the part I, I I don't manage that much because I prefer people more more about DeFi to think about this instead of me. But yeah, imagine uh, 2024 testnet official with a lot of uh, of of movement, then mainnet, and soon after IBC ICS, and this is for 2024. Next year, the next the year after, we probably be the one of scaling, and uh, where we try to 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 push IBC and ICS to the next level, so that we can have multiple no VM chains, no and other chains, or on ones and ones by the community. That are interconnected and securing each other, sharing contracts, interacting, interacting between contracts, um, and yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, never a dull day in crypto, and uh, this is definitely someone something to to look forward to. Um, I know myself uh, and many others are very excited to see basically a new approach. Uh, th this feels like a new a new paradigm almost. Um, not just the uh, uh, another app chain or another L2. This is something truly, truly novel, uh, really. So um, the contract part, yes, definitely. Well, I think we have two or three unique paradigms. We are creating a multi-language, uh, multi-user language. Right, no language. We are mostly a builder of teammates and they share sources. But someone, a single one, will compile the contract and publish the contract by working with the source as we are doing. Um, this, this is like we were using a, sim, a single big computer with a single big folder where we put all the contracts of everyone and each contract is both for the user to interact with, uh, with the wallet and to other developers. So if, you, if you're a developer or not, you, you probably know that open source is just about creating value. Each day we have more source, more source. Probably you have a bad quality for some of them, but in practice, open source is about, about creation. We, we never delete something. Here we will have the same good effect as GitHub can have or open source can have in general, but not only for the source code, but also for the for the features, because on GitHub, repositories are, are, are independent. They are not uh, importing each other. Yet every day, people will write new contracts, which, which will basically offer new powers to the next developer. Writing a contract in, at the beginning of no and in a few years, in a few years, potentially writing a secure, fast, optimized, and ultra-connected app will take two or three lines of code because everything else will be managed by other contracts. So at some point, thanks to this new paradigm of, of reusable contract, of composable contract, of multi-user language, mm -hmm. we can, uh, I cross my finger, but potentially writing on GNO will just be the, the, the most, the laziest and most efficient way to build very super uh, strong and, and powerful apps, stronger and easier than Web2 or, or, or anywhere else. Right now, we had a good, uh, we had AWS and we had Ethereum and Cosm wasn't changed to allow writing dynamic contract instead of redeveloping a new blockchain each time we want a new feature. But by having the composability, it's just about each time, yeah, every day writing contract is easier and more powerful just because other people are uh, proposing new libraries, new state, new new whatever. 
And this is uh, yeah. this is what we need. If we want to go mainstream, um, we keep talking about bringing billion or the next billion or whatever uh, to Web3 yeah. and, and blockchain. We need something that is super easy to deploy on, super easy to use. And this is, uh, <clears throat> I think Doland uh, is, uh, is starting to show its true colors in terms of being able to perhaps deliver on that promise. It's very, very exciting to see. Uh, it's all about execution, of course, at the end of the day. Um, so time will tell if uh, if Nola managed to do this, but I think there's a real shot here. Yeah, but yeah and just uh, just okay. I have a promise to do in January. We will share a better roadmap. It's definitely my fault if we don't have a clear roadmap yet. Oh. We have all we made several workshops, and we have so many things. Now we need to to make a clear, actionable roadmap, and it will happen in January. I don't know how much it will be. Uh, perfect, but definitely it will be a new source of information for you and for people who care about the project. So they can, yeah, they can just uh, plan their relationship with you know, maybe to wait, maybe to stay connected, maybe to start con contributing. So yeah, generally we will uh, we will work on it, and I expect releasing in January or February the new roadmap, definitely oriented not for developers but for the community to know what we plan. For the time being, uh, before people can start uh, doing a lot of stuff on Knowland, they should definitely go follow uh, on the underscore Knowland on Twitter, Discord, Telegram, etc. to make sure they stay updated. You mentioned a few times there's, uh, there's something coming here in January, so people should look out for that. But uh, in general, just make sure to follow because uh, there's a lot of good material also out there. Kudos to you and your team, Manfred. I mean... Just the first tweet that you see when you go on your Twitter, uh, there's a very simple sort of illustration of uh, what you guys, the vision that you guys have of how you guys are rolling out and the technologies you're building, the contributor style, etc. So, um, so yeah, anyone who's not following should definitely do that. Uh, it's a it's the best way to uh, to learn about Knowland from the from the beginning almost. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, Manfred, thank you so just, much just, for coming just, on. Yeah. Just last thing, because we're not ready for mass adoption, but thanks to the recent GNO Playground launch, we are mm. definitely way more compatible with newcomers. So please give a try to GNO Playground, write some GNO code, uh, make feedback. Once again, uh, we are inviting, we are opening the doors so you can join us. Uh, and giving feedback, uh, I can't say you will receive some money or whatever, but giving feedback is a way to, to contribute give feedback be 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 interested by the project be try to try to open issues to what whatever your skill is we try to create a community where people are interested and uh, passionate about the project so try gno playground even if it's uh, young uh, make feedback make bug report try building uh, try le, le, i don't know running a node because you can do all those things if it's too hard wait a little bit and come back later but I think for, for many people, it's already a good moment to get started. Perfect. Manfred, as I mentioned, you're a busy man. There's a lot of things to execute on. Is there anything that we left out? Anything that you want to make sure we touch upon before we, before we close this thing off? Um, no, no, just yeah. come on the different platforms and, and try building with us. It's definitely a project that we need to do, not only with the core team. So join us. Definitely. And I'm sure this is not the last time that we speak, either with you, Manfred, or someone from the Knowland team. So uh, we'll make sure to uh, to follow up when we get closer to testnet, perhaps even mainnet, and make sure that people are aware of what you guys are uh, launching over there. 
So uh, thank you so much, Manfred, to, to come on. And uh, can't wait to uh, continue following you guys. Thank you very much. See you. Take care, man. Ciao. This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com. That is blockbases.com.